Well, praise the Lord. How are you? So good to see everybody today. Turn to the person beside you and say, so good to see you today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I joined uh, the team here. We went to Cebu. And uh, with, uh, as Pastora Anna mentioned, the Beginnings Church 777. And uh, there's a story behind the 777. You'll, I can't tell you now. It's good. And very biblical. <clears throat> but anyway, we, uh, we had great meetings. It's just so good to be there for the fellowship, for what God did. And uh, we just had such a great team, you know. Pastor Albert uh, taught several sessions, and just he's such a terrific communicator. I just enjoyed listening to him. It was, a lot, it was good. And then Pastor Anna, she spoke and taught, and she did excellent. And I, I was reminded as I was going back to the hotel that uh, we here in Beginnings Church have a great leadership team. We just got great people here, great workers, and I mean, really, a great board. Just the way people serve and work together here is just commendable. It's, it's great, and I'm so, so happy to be able to be here this morning and share the Word of God in this uh, happy place. Are you happy today? Yeah, yeah. So good to see uh, See all of our seats almost full. I guess we're going to have to put up more chairs, something like that. But praise the Lord for that. Isn't that a good problem? Yes, yes amen. Just a wonderful problem. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I, uh, this is November, and it's, uh, you know, often uh, here we have had November as a money month and uh, stewardship month and talk about money, <clears throat> not only uh, the management of money, but the giving of money and uh, We've understood that a lot of problems in life do come from money problems. A lot of people run into trouble in their marriages because of money. And uh, there's lots of people that have uh, troubles with money. And it becomes one of the major prayer requests that we deal with over time. I need money. I need work. I need this. And so this month we dedicate toward money and issues. And, and uh, I'm, I'm going to start it off this Sunday. And, and we're going to talk about how we relate to God with our money. And so I'm going to talk about giving and tithing, and I've got a title called Five Reasons Why Tithing Will Change Your Life. And uh, it's something I've practiced for a lifetime, and it works. It really, really, it really works. We'll be looking at several scriptures as we move around, as we move along, move around. Yeah. Are you ready? <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> You know, many years ago, my father gave me a book, and it was written by L.G. Letourneau. He, he died in 1969, but he was a most unusual man. He wrote a book called God Runs My Business, and you may not know his name. He was an American inventor and kind of an industrialist of sorts. He was the man that developed, invented, and built most of the large earth-moving machines that we have today. And uh, it's amazing when you read the book, you know, he was a committed Christian, committed businessman, and uh, uh, somewhat of a genius. However, you, you might be interested to know that this fine brother, this that he was not always successful. In fact, in his early career, he failed several times. And as he writes in the book, he said, one of my early failures was a failure to tithe. But he was so creative that he would pray. He would look at problems and he would say, God, what can... And God would give him dreams. And in his dream, he would see a machine that had never been made. And he would then draw it and draft it and build that machine. And that's how he made his success in life. But he talked about tithing a lot. And during a time when most businesses were in financial trouble and going broke, he actually made good profit. And that year, when many had gone broke, he turned a profit of $35,000 in today's money. Well, that would be like 150 or 200 Like, it would be a monstrous amount of money. And of that amount, he had set aside $5,000 for tithe, or 15%. He was never a minimum giver. 
And he was going to give it to his church that year, but he decided instead that that year he would take his tithe money and reinvest it so that he could have even more money to give to the Lord the next year. So he didn't give his tithe that time. And the next year, in his plan was that they would earn $100,000 profit, but instead he lost $100,000 and ended up $100,000 in debt. So he said to himself, Lord, this didn't work, did it? So he made a commitment right there on the spot to pay tithe, even though he was 100000 in debt. Had no money for the payroll, but he paid his tithe. He kept his word to God, and God helped him and blessed him so that within four years, he founded the Laterno Foundation in which he was giving 90% of his income to God and living on 10%, and did that the rest of his life. Now, that's a testimony. Now, you may, you ne may never be that rich, but... This I promise you, that you will have more when you tithe than when you don't. Tithing will change your life and change it for good. Now, I've heard the following story many times. You know, I had a young couple one time come to me, and they were fairly new in the church here, and they heard the teaching about tithing, and they began to tithe. And immediately after he began to tithe, he lost his job. <laughs> You see, just because you're a giver does not prevent life from going on. Even people who are faithful to God have difficult times. Even people who love God, even have family devotions, can have trouble with their family or trouble with their kids or something. You see, living for God doesn't guarantee that there's never going to be any trouble, but it provides you... I've had a windy church here today. But there is a guarantee that God will work on your behalf. Sooner or later, God's going to show up and something's going to happen in your life. That I know to be true. Well, he lost his job and he said to me, he said, I cannot explain how we were never without money except that God somehow supernaturally provided after I committed and began to give to the Lord. Suju John was one of our Indian students here several years ago. He was in the seminary, ASCM, and was studying, and many of those Indian students came to church here. And uh, he would listen to the teaching, and he listened to our teachings on tithing every year, and he went back to India. Do you know the, the policy there in India is that if you're a student coming out of Bible school, you're kind of stupid, you don't know much, so we're going to put you in a little church in the, in the province somewhere. That's where you'll learn how to be a pastor. He had a master's degree already. And so they stuck him in a squatter area in uh, in South India, and there he was assigned as a pastor. No income, no nothing. And he said, I remembered your teaching on tithing, and I began to teach these very poor people the principles of tithing. And he said, you know, after a few years I left there and went on to something else, he became the head of a Bible college. And he said, I went, I went back there to visit that church five years later. And he said, I started to look at the people's lives, and he said, everyone who had committed to tithe while I was there and continued to do so, their entire economic position had changed, and they were living in a different class altogether. He said, the ones that I pastored that had refused to tithe were in exactly the same level of poverty as when I was there. He said, you know, this really works. Well, let me tell you, folks, this really works. Can I have an amen there? Well, are you a tither? And I mean, are you committed to it? You see, a tither is someone who is committed to bringing a tithe to the Lord. And bringing something to God is a core value of almost every religion. For most religions, it seems like a means of influencing God. And I've been to so many places and, and, and watched some of the idol worship and idolatry and people bring things. Somehow, as you bring and give things, it will earn you something to get something back from whatever God it is that you're bowing to. Unfortunately, that the created gods of men, there is no assurance that that God will be able to do anything for you. Then we come to the Bible, the very word of God, and the story dramatically changes. And the Bible is quite different in its teachings about tithing and giving. 
From its earliest record of tithing, we have the story of Abraham, who after winning his great battle, brought a tithe of his plunder and gave it to Melchizedek as an offering to the Lord. And later, when God made his covenant with the people of Israel, he placed tithing into the covenant and spelled it out clearly as he writes in Leviticus 27.30. And it says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. He says the tithe is the Lord's, belonging to God. God says, it's mine, bring it to me. And God says, I'm going to bless you, and you're going to honor me by returning 10% back to me. Notice it's a tithe of everything. And that would mean whether it be my salary, my earnings, my profits, my investments, selling of my properties, whatever it is, the tithe belongs to God. You know, I... Uh, after many years, I finally sold my house in the Philippines here. It was for sale for a while. Dear Sister Emmy tried to help me for a year. We couldn't get a buyer for it. It was trouble. Finally, I reduced the price by 40%. Now, that's 40% below the zonal valuation, okay? Like it went, brought it down. And uh, I'm thinking... And you see, the developer had given me the land for a 50% discount, so that was a good deal. If it wasn't for that benefit, I might not have made much pro profit. But I made profit on it. I earned some money on it. And you know, I was already in Canada when finally it was gone. And uh, so Dini says to me, what about the profit? And I said, what do I mean about the profit? She said, well, we better pay tithe. And so I calculated what the profit would have been, what it was, after all the expenses and everything was paid. And so I, uh, I said, we better pay it. And you know, I tell you, you know when you choose to tithe, you're going to have trouble with the devil because it's a biblical principle. When that little voice in your head says, postpone it, don't do it now, save some for yourself, you're going, I'll tell you, that's exactly where that comes. I've been tithing since I was a kid. My father taught me, and I still get that stuff every once in a while. I go to prepare my tithe, and, and, and you know, then I get this little voice that says, oh, maybe you should just wait another week. <laughs> you know what? Giving postponed never happens. Giving postponed never happens. When I get prompted to give, i got to give now because they may not get another chance. Anyway, so I thought, well, Lord, I, I'm going to do this. I went to the bank in Canada, and I said, I need this much money. And they said, well, we don't have that much cash. I said, get me some cash. So two days later, I went back to the bank, and I got a great big envelope of cash. And I walked it over to the church and gave it. I felt so good. You know, there's always something you can do with money. But when you give it to God, you've done the best thing that you can ever do. <laughs> because I have learned that God has an ability to work with money a whole lot better than you and I can, okay? So I felt so good. <laughs> oh, glory. I got to give it away. The joy... Now, there's nothing wrong with savings, but the joy isn't in the savings account. The joy is always in the giving. And I, I think you should have some savings. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? All right. Well, all of it from whatever God has brought increase into your life. Now, you've got to understand Old Testament tithe. It wasn't just 10%. Now, here he says, bring a tithe of everything to the Lord. But if we read through Leviticus and Numbers, we find that, first of all, there was a 10% tithe that went to support the Levites, much like there is, much like we support the ministry and the leadership and the pastors of the church and, the work, and some of the workers. But then there was also a tithe for the upkeep of the facilities, the tabernacle, another 10%. Then, every third year, there was another tithe that was to pay for the feasts at which 
that when the people of God gathered together, it paid for the feast so that everyone was provided for. They actually gave 33.5% tithe every single year. Wow. We're only talking 10% here today. He said the tithe was the Lord. So whatever it is. Now, he gets quite specific about where it go. He said he gave it to the Levites in Numbers 18, 29, in 21, but also said the Levites should also give tithe. Everyone should tithe. I tithe. I've been doing it for years, and I, God blesses me for doing it. You know, God takes care of me. And the tithe was brought to God as a, as a part of bringing yourself to worship. It was and is worship. It's not a business deal with God. It's not a guarantee that you're going to get rich. It's a part of loving worship to God that out of joy for God's care. And you know, God's blessing can affect you not only financially, but physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Blessing is not limited to financial return. God is not an investment broker in which you put some money in and pop a bunch more out. Yet God is able to do that. And just because you tithe, you may not enjoy real blessing if you don't manage the other 90%. Like you can give God 10% and then you can be very foolish with the rest of your money. You can blow it and spend it and have a good time. Go out to eat, I'll do this until your money's all gone. You can say, well, Lord, where's your blessing? And the Lord says, you blew it all. So giving does not eliminate the need for financial management. We need, and that may come in some other Sundays here yet, okay? All right, we're going to get into some of that stuff. But I'm only talking about how we relate our money to God. Paul taught that, the, that those preaching the gospel should be supported by the gospel. Well, why tithe? Well, it, it's not just a part of Old Testament. Testament tradition. See, I still can't speak any better than I used to. Well, how can this possibly help me? I mean, it makes no sense to give money when I don't have enough. Well, it just depends on what your faith is in. If your faith is in your wallet, doesn't make sense but if your faith is in God it makes a lot of sense can I have an amen out there I want to give you five quick reasons why tithing will change your life number one it establishes your submission to God's authority nothing in life feels more personal than money you can rebuke people for sin and not get a reaction they say oh yeah it's only sin you rebuke someone for tithing, and all trouble breaks loose. You can't touch my money. I don't want your money, but God wants you to give your money. You know, just speaking of money, I don't really care. I never have. I'm not a pastor now, and uh, I, I don't really, I've never cared how much money people give. I don't care. I know of some pastors that, not, not here, I don't think, uh, not that I'm aware of, that go through the records, want to know who gives what and how much and all of that. I could care less. It's between them and God. I just know that if they give, they'll get blessed. And I can probably usually pick out the givers because they're all pretty happy. <laughs> you say, who's tithing? Oh, it's the ones that when you preach on tithing, they smile. Of course, I can't tell if anybody's smiling today. They're all masked up. That way you can hide your frowning. And those of you that are cursing me under your breath, God forgive you, but he will, you see. But you can always tell the givers because as soon as you talk about money, Oh, yes, 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 yes. And those that look like that, that's because they haven't been giving and they don't know what blessing is all about and they got no joy in their hearts. All he wants is my money. And I used to have members that get upset. They say, you know what? They say, all the church wants is my money. No, 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 no. We want your heart, your soul, your work, your car, your house, and everything you've got dedicated to the Lord. We want it all for God's glory. Come on now, do better than that. You know what the problem with face masking is? Nobody talks very loud. They sing, you know, in the church where we go to, you know, we had for a while masking. And when, when, when they were singing and I was wearing a mask, I didn't feel like singing much, you know. Really, I don't. You go, and you just couldn't hear now. I just hated it, you know. And I noticed the first Sunday that masks were off. Whoa, it was deafening in there. 
So when you say amen, give it a little extra oomph, okay? I mean, otherwise, you know, let's try and do something about that. All right. Okay. Uh, no, uh, no offense meant, hopefully, no offense taken. All right? Are you with me? Well, it establishes our submission to God's authority. Now, what is it about money that is so sensitive? If I speak about loving people, no objections. If I speak about being kind to the poor, no objection. If I say everyone should be involved in ministry, well, of course, everybody agrees. But money, that's another story. It's mine. Don't touch that. Richard Wormbrand was sent to prison. He was a Romanian Baptist pastor. And that was during the Soviet Union days when preachers were the enemy of the state and they got long prison sentences just for preaching in church, not street meetings or anything. And uh, he was arrested and given a 24-year sentence for preaching. You know, he got released from prison early. And within the next week, he was back preaching outside. They put him back in jail. Put him back in jail just for preaching. And he said, you know, he was tortured and tormented. He wrote a book called Tortured for Christ. I heard him speak many years ago. And in his book, he wrote about tithing. Yeah, I mean, a guy's going to write about tithing. It's funny. You know, people went there. They wanted to hear maybe how badly he'd suffered and been tortured and whatever else. And he got up. First thing he said was, listen, I know some of you would like to know how I've suffered. But he said, I'm not going to talk about that. I want to talk about how good Jesus is today. Well, he wrote this. We tithed in prison. When we were given one slice of bread a week and dirty soup every day, we decided we would faithfully tithe even that. So every tenth week we took the slice of bread and gave it to the weaker brethren as our tithe to the Lord. Well, that's a committed Christian, wouldn't you say? I'm starving. I have nothing to give but my food. I'll give some to the Lord. I think that's real submission to God's authority. His personal commitment to Christ was lived out in prison, even to the extent of tithing. Now, Malachi 3 and 8 raises the issue of tithes. And the words with begin with, will a man rob God? Now, to rob can mean one of two things. To take something not yours or withhold something belonging to someone else. So either to take or to withhold. So will a man withhold from God what he asks for? And the people responded, how have we robbed God? And he said, you have been withholding your tithes. Bob Sorge, who some of us know, he's been here several times, uh, he, he wrote this. He said, if you want to get close to Jesus, you will have to be radically obedient. You'll have to take biblical truth and radically apply it to your life, and that gets God's attention. By the way, half-hearted obedience has never got God's attention. <laughs> are you with me out there? Okay, all right. Yeah, I know some of your heads are dropping. It's just tiredness. It's, from, it's the weight of the mask on your face. Okay. Well... This takes discipline to tithe just as it takes discipline to live. When you tithe, you declare to yourself, your family, to the church, that you're in submission to God's authority in your finances. Are you with me? Number two, it connects you to pastoral authority. Well, tithing supported the Levites in the Old Testament... What did the Levites do for the people? Well, they served in the temple on behalf of the people. Someone says, well, that, you know, that was Old Testament, you know. We don't need to do that. Well, that's true. But in the New Testament, we still support the ministry. We support the ministry of our local church. They brought tithe with worship. And Malachi says, bring tithe into the storehouse. Bring it, you know. You know, I... When I have to, I do uh, online giving and stuff, but I, I just, I love to bring money. I love to bring it. And I love the action of putting it 
even though, you know, through COVID, I would give money online, you know. I mean, and, this, and that's great. Hey, by the way, we got a POS machine out there. And if the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, you better get going on tithing, get out to the POS, POS machine. <laughs> um, and, and, and put it in there real good. Say, hey, man, and, and let God bless you, you know. R- remember something. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you make a decision, that decision isn't any good until you take an action. <laughs> and you're there, right? You're still there? Yeah. Ask the person beside you, still there? Yeah. If you're asleep, say amen. Okay. Just checking. Sometimes those people do speak up. Okay. It connects you. Some people do not realize that pastors, the pastors of this church, are supported by their tithes. Hey, but there's something bigger than that. If everyone would faithfully tithe, there would be more money than we need. And you know what we would do? We would have money for outreach and new ministry. When you faithfully tithe, you make it possible for the local church to extend its outreach into the community. That's a big thing. In other words, you're tithing in faith for others who need Christ. You know, it's a great thing. Well, you know, I always tell people, don't send your tithe somewhere. Make it a part of your local worship. Bring it into the storehouse, your spiritual leaders. Um, We used to have people, we used to, when I was here, we had so many people immigrating away. I don't know how it is now. I can remember a time when a hundred people a year emigrated out of the out of this church. A hundred people a year. I don't know about Lighthouse. You have the same problem down there. Yeah, people just church workers and leaders. Pastor, goodbye. See you. Where are you going? Oh, I'm I'm leaving for uh, I'm leaving for Antarctica. Oh, okay. Stay warm. <laughs> they were going almost everywhere. I remember someone would leave and say, Pastor, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send you my tithe. And I said, now, why would you do that? Here's what you need to do. Wherever you're going to, you find a church. You commit to that church. You become a part of that church, and you tithe to that church. Now, if you're going somewhere and there is no church, yes, do send your tithe here. And then I would also say to them, I'd say, well, listen, tithing belongs in your committed church family. But I said, if you want to send another 10% here as a blessing to us, praise the Lord, we'll take it. Just end it. Hallelujah. (laughs) But... The tithe belongs. Well, someone says, I'm sending my tithe to the province. They need them. It's not about need. It's about responsibility, okay? You don't give tithe. When I, you know, um, if I were to visit a different church every week, you don't give your tithe in 10 places. You give it to the place of your commitment, and that's here. That's here. Are you with me? All right. First Corinthians 9. Uh, Verse 13, do you not know that those who work in the temple get their food from the temple and those who serve at the altar share in what is offered? That's how the Levites were blessed. In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living, where? From the gospel, from the gospel. Paul put it another way in Galatians 6 and 6. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. The commitment there. Paul, Paul makes it clear that the will of God, that the leadership of the ministry of the local church is provided. Now, they, they, they say that we who receive of the Lord communicate back to the Lord with material things. When you support the local church with your tithes, it gives you a direct connection to the ministry of that church. Amen. Amen. It's, it's a part of reaffirming your spiritual covering. What's my next number? What number am I on? Two, three, one, three. Oh, just checking, just checking. I know where I am. It's right here, but I'm just checking to make sure that you're... Okay, okay, number four. I mean, number three. All right, here we are. It releases faith for financial needs. There isn't anyone here that will not have financial needs sometimes. Okay, that's just the way it is. You don't always have everything you need. And sometimes you have to pray. 
And as we read this familiar verse in Malachi, uh, here's God's intention. Malachi 3.10. We've read this four million times, okay? So anybody want to quote it to me? I see Ramel sitting up there. I remember one Sunday he was taking the offering. And uh, he got up and quoted the whole chapter of Malachi 3. <laughs> the whole chapter. I said, whoa. <laughs> this guy. <you> know. <laughs> and well, anyway, now we'll just do 10 and 11. Did you want to come up and quote that for us, Brother Mel? <laughs> All right. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Test me, says the Lord. The only place that God says, test me. The only legitimate time God says, test me, put me to the test and see what I'll do. Okay? And uh, see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Pour you out a blessing. I, who am I going to get here? Well, Anna, would you come up here a minute and get that umbrella for me? Okay. We have to do a little, we have to do a little demonstration with an umbrella. You know, I walked to uh, SM. You could open that one there. I walked to SM yesterday, and guess what happened yesterday afternoon? Anybody know what happened? Yeah, I walked back in the rain. The windows, the windows of heaven opened. Hold it straight up like this. The windows of heaven were opened upon me, and I received a blessing. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I won't have to bath for days. I was so soaked. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. But here's what he says. When you give, God will open the windows of heaven. I want you to understand something. God's blessing is poured out, but not everyone benefits from it. You got to understand something. To benefit from blessing, you must qualify for blessing. Now, I'm going to say something. I hope it don't mess anybody's theology. But I think it's a waste of time to ask God to bless things. You know why? Because God blesses what he blesses. The more important thing is, God, help me to do what is right, and I will live under a blessing. I don't ask God to bless the food, by the way, because that's even not anywhere. You give thanks for the food. You say, Lord, thank you for the food. So I don't bless the food because that food is, is in my house and in my hand. It's already blessed. The fact that you have it, okay. Well, Anna's holding an umbrella. As God pours out a blessing, a lack of tithing puts up an umbrella over your life so that you don't receive the blessing. The blessing's coming down and runs off. It doesn't get her wet. It's not like me walking in the rain. I was under the blessing. By the way, rain is considered a blessing. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. You may put it down. But when you, when you do not tithe or give, you prevent, you prevent that open heaven from connecting with your life. When you close the umbrella and you begin, it's like, it's like you're sending seed into heaven that waters the clouds and the clouds come back down upon you. Wonderful promise. Open heavens. Say with me, God, I want an open heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. There's something about tithing and giving that increases our faith in God's provision. Uh, not too long ago, you know, uh, Dini and I, I don't know what was going on. There was some money problem. And I said, oh, yikes, what are we going to do? And uh, Dini just does what we do. She just says, just, I, we do this all week. I don't know why we do it like this. Just lift a hand and say, Father, I'm a tither. We're looking for your supply, in Jesus' name. Just make a confession. Lord, I'm a tither. I expect, hey, I want to say over and over again, tithing does not prevent trouble but it does provide a solution. Well, I think I knew what was going on that day. You know, I, I live in a cold place now. Right now, this week, it's negative 15. It's colder than your freezer. Yeah. It's so cold out there that if you've got, a, you know, a beard like I do and you breathe, the frost collects on your beard. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's how cold it is. So you understand that I'm one tough guy to live in a place like that, eh? All right, all right. So I got to have a furnace to heat my house. I got to have a furnace. It's run by gas to heat the house. Hey, it's negative 15. My furnace blew up. Blue. I'm a Christian. I'm a tither. And my furnace blew up. How can this be? Well, it's because my furnace is old, not because the devil attacked my furnace. Okay? And if your car breaks down because you haven't maintained it, don't blame it on the devil. Okay? So the furnace blew up. Called the guy. He said, I'm going to give you a good deal. Mm, okay. He said, $4,000. That's when Deanie said, Father, we're a tither. <laughs> we need a furnace. <laughs> Help us, Lord. <laughs> but that's how real need is. But because we tithe, our old furnace still won't work forever. And I still need a supernatural provision from God. But you see... Immediately when the need appeared, the faith went up. God, somewhere we're going to get it. By the way, I, bought, I did get the furnace, and I did get it together, and I did pay for it. Now, I don't know how quite... I'm trying to think... As I was talking, I was hoping to tell you how we did it, but I can't remember how we did it, but we did it somehow. Okay. Well, when Paul wrote these famous words in Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all your needs. Remember, read the verses ahead. He was praising a generous church. He said, listen, you've been faithful in giving. God will take care of your needs. That's a principle of the Bible. It really works. Okay. Luke 6 and 38. Given it will be given you. Good measure, pressed down, shake it together. And running over. Hallelujah. How many want running over? Running over, you know. You're not supposed to do this. Put the mic away. But I'm doing it anyway just so that you'll turn up your hearing aids. Okay. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure used, it will be measured to you. You give to God using your teaspoon. God uses the teaspoon. <laughs> you give to God using the bucket, and God uses the bucket in return. <laughs> By the way, that's not necessarily the amount of money it's the level of sacrifice that determines the blessing okay because all of us have different economic levels and I may give a thousand pesos today that could be a great sacrifice and you may give 50,000 and it's not a sacrifice so it's about sacrifice that God responds to okay all right so don't feel bad for where you are in life well, tithers really believe that there's a blessing on the 90%. And I do. Oh, I do. And if we can only believe that when I give my tithe, that God can bless that 90% to make it better than the original 100%. Well, number four, it demonstrates love for God. The highest motivation of service is still love. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's John 14, 15. In, in Luke eleven forty two, 42, here's a verse I wanted to bring in because I've heard this so many times. By the way, I posted a little breaking bread. If you don't get my breaking bread, you have to follow me on Facebook. Okay. But I posted one a few weeks ago on tithing just to throw it out. I knew this was coming, and I put it on there. And I got several angry notes, you know. <laughs> Why do people get so sensitive, you know? It's like I heard this old farmer talking about tithing. He said, you know, he said, when I go out, when I go out to the pig pen, you know, where the pigs are, and he said, if I take a stone and throw it in there, he said, the hit pig always squeals. And he said, <laughs> by the way, I'm not saying people are pigs, all right? <laughs> and I'm not saying non-givers are pigs, okay? You understand me. I'm just quoting the farmer when he talked about the principle of throwing something into the big pen. <laughs> all right, okay. Well, let's change it and say, when you go out to the chicken pen, 
and you throw a rock into the chicken pen, the one that goes, that's the one that got hit. He said, that's how you know. All right, okay. <laughs> All right, now listen to this. So one of the things that always comes back to me, it's Old Testament, not New Testament. And I say, exactly right. But I said, something you need to understand about the Bible, the only things in the New Testament, the only things in the Old Testament that passed away were things that were replaced with new truth in the New Testament. There's no place that tithing was replaced. Now here's what Jesus even said. Woe unto you Pharisees! These were, he said, because you give God a tenth of your mint and rue and all kinds of garden herbs. Okay, he says to you, 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 you tithe, but you neglect justice and the love of God. Now, this sentence is really something. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. He says, you should tithe, but don't forget justice and love of God. Both. Well, notice that tithing doesn't excuse us from active Christian duty. It's a part of worship. Billy Graham was preaching, and in his sermon called Partners with God, he says one of the greatest sins in America today is the fact that we're robbing God of that which rightfully belongs to him. When we don't tithe, we shirk a debt. Actually, God looks for ways to bless us. I love to give. We did a little building thing the other day, and I sent some money for it here. I believe in giving, not just to, I want to give. I want to give. If I can give, if I can give something, I know, listen, I know I'm going to get blessed some way. Listen, I've been doing this so long that I like to find things to give to. I like to support things because I'm going to get blessed. Hallelujah. Well, number five, the last one. Everybody said, praise God, he's coming to the end. <laughs> number five, it lays up treasure in heaven. Luke 6, 19, I won't read it all, but don't store for yourself treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up for yourself treasure in heaven. Okay, store it up there. And then verse 24 is the one. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other or be devoted to one, despise the other. And then Jesus sums it all up in one sentence if you're unclear. He says you cannot serve both God and money. Can't serve both. Just he makes it quite clear. And um, if, you, if, you, if you look at some of the words in this verse, like the word serve actually is, is the Greek word that means slave, Okay. And when it talks about God here, it actually uses the word kurios, the Lord. The, you know, uh, no one can serve the Lord and serve money. And if I made this kind of a literal translation, it would be, you cannot be a slave to two owners. You can only be a slave to one. You cannot be a slave to this world system and be a love slave to God, eh? And here he shows us there are only two treasures, this world and its treasures, or God and his treasures. All right? And it's talking about serving them. And all giving, when given in faith to God, has eternal consequences. Remember, what you give of yourself, of your time, of your possessions, is invested eternally. It's like you're sending it to heaven. It's it's. It's recorded. It's understood. And, uh, you know, I just want to be clear. Last time I checked, the death rate amongst humans is 100%. Everybody here is dying. In fact, I read many years ago that from the time a baby is born, the process of death begins. It just takes 80 years to catch it, or 70, or 60 so every single one of us is heading for an end of this life. And you know, sometimes we postpone giving. We say, well, you know, maybe I will have more. You have no guarantee of what you will have tomorrow, but you do have something under your hand today that can demonstrate your faith and trust in God.
The reason I give today is because, number one, I don't really know what I may have tomorrow or next year. And secondly, I don't even know if I'll be alive next year. And I want to invest eternally in the things of God. Do not ever postpone tithing and giving to say, well, you know, sometime when I have more. No, no. You, you, you give now because what you have now is under your control. And when the day comes that your life is over, and we, we've been made really aware. I think one beautiful thing about COVID is I think it's brought a new seriousness to many people's lives that life could be over and I'm not even old, it could be over. And I say with no disrespect to anybody that we know that has gone. But the point is it made us really aware that this life is so fragile. There isn't really much guarantee about it. And so I only have the power over today. I can invest in the kingdom today. I can lay up treasure in heaven today. And if I continue to do that as long as I live, I can, you know, because, hey, I mean, realistically, when they bury you or whatever, there's just nothing going with you. Nothing going with you. Nothing. Not even your clothes go with you. Nothing. But we can lay up treasure in heaven. And uh, I just want to encourage you today. I know it's a God thing how God blesses people. And the tithe is a practical expression that not only is my life committed to Christ, but it's an expression that says I'm unashamed to give to God. And that reverence for God demonstrated by tithing affects all of the rest of my decisions. All of the rest of my decisions. Tithers who serve God... This I found to be true. Tithers who serve God make less financial mistakes than those who don't. You see, tithing does bleed the greed out of your system. It changes the way you make decisions. I think of a man named Wallace Johnson who had a job working in a lumber business, a wood business, and he got fired. And later he founded a little hotel it became a famous group of hotels, the Howard Johnson Hotels in the USA. And he became a multimillionaire. He was actually called at one time the innkeeper of America. He had so many hotels. He started that business when he borrowed a small amount of money and opened his first one. And since then, he's provided work for 110,000 people worked for him. And he was a very active Christian. And he said, I, and, and here's what he said, I am totally dependent on God for help in everything I do. He was rich. And yet he said, I am totally dependent on God. And he said, otherwise I honestly believe it would fall apart in months. That's what his faith told him, that God has helped me. What a great testimony. Long-term tithers have the best testimonies. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. That's what they say. The longer you tithe, the more certain you become of its benefits. Of its benefits. And today, once again, uh, as I, I uh, you know, some of you, well, you've heard me talk about tithing before, some of you. And you could say, well, it's another preaching on tithing. And yes, I, I, I have many. But I'm reinforcing a truth that your life can be blessed. Your life can be blessed financially. Your life can be blessed in, in many ways as we choose to honor God with our finances. I want to do something today. I really want to pray over you. But I'm going to ask you to do something, and I don't want to embarrass you, but if you're a tither, I'm going to ask you to stand because I want to pray particularly for tithers. If you're not a tither and in your heart you're willing to say, you know, before the Lord, I, I, I've let this slip and I want to make a recommitment of my life to the truth of the Bible of tithing. 
then I want you to stand too, okay? And if you're not prepared or you're not willing to do that, don't feel any shame in sitting. I, I, I do want to pray a blessing on those who tithe. So if you're a tither, would you stand? And if, you're, if you've not been a tither and you say, you know, I, you've challenged me with the word and I, I, I really would like to, I, I would like to begin to tithe. You know, that would mean that a tenth of whatever God brings into your life, that you would bring it as a tithe. That's what tithing means. One tenth. Just a tenth. God can bless you for that. God, and I'm standing here as a tither. I'm not here wanting anything from you that I don't give myself. I am a tither. Therefore, I believe all the promises of God will be released on my life. Are you with me this morning? Thank you, Lord. Father, oh, Father, you know where all of us are at financially. Some people are in hard times. Some are doing very well. Some have prospering businesses. Others are struggling. But Lord, we're not looking to our economies as our source. We're looking to you and declaring that our faith is in your ability to bless us. This morning, we want to close all of our umbrellas that keep the blessing off of our life. And we want to open our hearts to the windows of heaven. Lord, we want to send up to you that which we can, our tithes and offerings. And Lord, by faith, we're declaring that your blessing will come upon us as we faithfully tithe. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say with me this morning, thank you, Lord, that you're going to bless my life as I tithe. Yes, Lord. Now, Father, I pray that you'll put faith into people's heart today. And Lord, if we've allowed difficult circumstances to keep us from tithing, that you just give us courage today to make a recommitment to the Lord, to stand by that, and to experience what you've promised in our life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Now, listen, if you've not if you have not been tithing, you need to take an action, and you should do it today. Either you should bring tithe, or go to the PSO, POS machine and pay your tithe, or get online. And in other words, until you take an action, your decisions don't work. And by the way, I'm not after your money. I would like you to be blessed, okay? The Lord bless you this morning.